where, yes, we understand that we have come from places that have taught us bad things or we come from certain spaces that have that have contributed to our uh, our perception of reality and doing bad things, having this bad behavior. But then we also have to take accountability of our consciousness, of our free will and the things we choose to do with this free will. It's both. There has to be a balance. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast, episode 114. I hope it's 114. Yes, 114. I'm your host, Emanuele Heke. Um, Shoot. Hope you guys have had a great week. Um, I've, I've had a good week. I've had a good week myself. Been very busy. Um, God is good. Um, I might have some really good news for you guys soon. Just like, you know, testimony stuff. So I'm going to wait on it a little bit. But um, God's been good, though. I tell you that much, man. God's been good. Uh, let's get straight into this episode. I'll be honest with you, man. I don't have much to say today. Um, but what I do have to say today, I really hope it really hits home in people's hearts um i we let me not say that because sometimes i start off feeling like i don't have a lot to say um but then it ends up being a lot to say but let's see what the spirit takes it uh let me close this window my bad but basically today we wanted to talk about i wanted to talk about accountability and i feel like this is going to be a touchy episode for some people just because like i i don't know i like i feel like some people have a habit of like and I can do this sometimes where it's like you're not listening to what somebody says, but like you're projecting what they're saying. And before I even start this episode, I don't the purpose of this episode is not to invalidate the trauma that people have gone through. It's not to invalidate the fact that there are things that have happened in people's life that have contributed to how they perceive life and reality and how they behave at times. Um, so I want I want to make that very clear. Um, the inspiration behind this episode was this concept that I've heard a lot and it's called hurt people, hurt people. Um, and I, I completely agree with that. You know, I grew up in Southeast San Diego, not your typical, you know, image of San Diego. It's the hood. Um, I know that people have gone through a lot there and I saw firsthand that, you know, on, on the surface, you see that it's just a bunch of kids doing bad things. We don't realize how much the kids are actually going through. Um, that have contributed to that behavior. So, so I, I know the effects of, uh, you know, upbringing and, and, and trauma and just the, the background somebody can have and how it has an impact on their behavior. Um, but this idea, <clears throat> hurt people, hurt people, um, is what I wanted to talk about and, and, and add some, add some value to it. Um, ultimately I feel like I, I don't like saying like throughout history because I haven't lived throughout history, but I feel like the narrative that we are, we are, we are taught is that, or even some of us experience growing up is that, you know, now that we are, we are more attentive to mental health. I think when it comes to a spectrum on one end of the spectrum, we have, you know, addressing trauma. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have holding people accountable. And I think for most of our lives, because mental health was not something that we focused on as society a lot, we focused so much on hold them accountable, hold them accountable, hold them accountable without ever 
thinking like, hmm, like, you know, could there have been factors in the person's environment and the system and so on that have caused this person to, you know, to, to increase the propensity of this person to do certain things, right? So now that we're talking about mental health more, it's good that we're addressing trauma. It's good that we're addressing what the root of some people's problems are um, and, you know, things that have contributed to the certain behavior that they might have, right? But I feel like if you have addressing trauma here and you have holding people accountable here, a lot of times we hold people accountable without addressing the root of their problem. But I feel like now we're shifting to the other extreme where it's like, it's almost like we're addressing trauma or addressing trauma, addressing trauma, and we're blaming everything that somebody does bad on their upbringing and, and the root of this and the root of that to the point where we're not holding people accountable anymore. And I think that that's a problem. OK, and I wanted to talk about that. I feel like we've come to the point where in our addressing trauma, which is a good thing, some of us, some of us may take it to the extreme. And I think that that's why you have some people that are literally out here doing bad things to other people and they're the way that this process in their mind is because oh i'm a product of my environment or oh it's because i was raised this way i was raised that way and i'm not gonna lie man i think that a lot of the times like it's it's really messed up and it could be manipulative um so i wanted to talk about that today um and ultimately i wanted to say that you know we have to find some type of balance between understanding that the system and our, our parents upbringing and our environment and certain experiences that we might have may contribute to our behavior. But at the same time, we ought to be accountable of the ways that we missed the mark. We have to admit when we are wrong. We have to admit that we are not perfect and we do things that are bad consciously sometimes. I feel like ultimately we are cultivating a generation that sympathizes with our bad behavior too much. Um, and I feel like we're getting to the point where none of us want to admit that we're ever wrong, we're ever bad. And and if we do something bad, it's just about blaming other people. Ultimately, I feel like there's things in the media as well that kind of contribute to this mindset, this framework that, that we now have in our mind. Um, whereas, okay, look, I love... I, so, okay, I probably shouldn't be watching some of these shows. I think that's valid if somebody said that. Um, um, but I will say that these are, these are excellent shows and I'm not trying to dig at these shows or anybody that's watching them. Cause I mean, I've watched them myself. Like I look at shows and movies, like, um, you have the money heist on Netflix, you have the Joker movie, you have suicide squad, you have you on Netflix. If you guys know that one, uh, you have Thanos and the Avengers, you have Peaky Blinders, which is honestly my favorite show of all time. Right. Like I said, I'm not recommending you watch these. I probably shouldn't be watching these either. Um, but, like, I feel like what's very common now in the media and, like, you know, creating, you know, movie productions, TV productions is that we've broken away from, like, the angle of the good guy and the protagonist or at least the center of attention in these movies and in these TV shows is the bad person. And you have these villain origin stories. And there's this phrase that says every villain has an origin story. Right. Um, and. You know, it's funny because I did like I'm a little salty, but whatever. I did like a poll on uh, my my Instagram story, my personal Instagram story, because I was watching Money Heist. And like, I'll be honest with you, I don't understand how the writers expect me to like the. the so Money Heist is about let me <laughs> slow it down. Money Heist, and I'm going somewhere with all this, I promise. Money Heist is about is a show about a bunch of bank robbers and like they're robbing banks. Um, and it's like pretty much them versus the government. 
And, you know, like, for some reason, I found myself on the side of, like, the government and the police, like, you know, because I genuinely don't understand how the writers want me to like these people. Like, it's, it's, it's the, 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 the bank robbers are supposed to be the protagonists. And what's just so interesting to me is that, like, you know, there's, there's places where, like, they're, it's, a, I feel like they're prompting us to believe that they're sticking it to the man. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're sticking it to an exploitative government that's all in it just to, for money and for, for, for power. But then it's like, as they're robbing the bank, they have all these hostages. They're holding them at gunpoint, tying them up, putting them in harm's way, all this different stuff all f- so they can rob the bank and make money and it's just i'm 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 i was just so confused that like this is not good versus evil this is evil versus evil this is like i don't understand how i'm supposed to like these guys when they're hypocritical long story short is from all the there's a common theme from all of these shows and tvs that we have nowadays where it's about like the reason why the villains are the villains or the bad guys in quotation marks are the bad guys is because of a valid reason and, and I think that that's, you know, having some type of impact on how we process our own behavior. And we think that we have a valid reason as to why we are the way we are today. Um, and that we have a full proof excuse for the bad behavior that we do because of the things that we encountered in life. And I'm coming to say that although there's a lot of things that we must have encountered in life that has contributed to the behavior that we have today, it does not fully excuse us from the bad things that we do it does not fully i know that hurt people hurt people but that does not fully excuse a hurt person to hurt somebody and a lot of people may not want to hear that um but that's where we're going to go with this episode um my point is not to go to the other side of extreme and and stop talking about trauma and stop talking about the root of people's problems and 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 parent and upbringing i'm not talking about not talking about that And I'm not talking about only holding people accountable. I'm talking about there needs to be a balance where we are addressing the fact that there are some external factors that have made us, you know, uh, have a tendency to do certain things that are bad. Um, And then we also have to take accountability and admit our own fault that the things that we did were bad because we consciously did them. All right. Um, Sympathize, address the trauma, you know, but also hold people accountable. But I will say that. I'm not looking to go forth in this episode and try to talk about holding this person accountable, holding this person accountable, because I don't want to talk about that today. But I want to make it more of an internal conversation where we are talking about how we as each individual need to be able to admit our own fault, especially us us believers. We need to be able to admit our own fault. We need to be able to admit when we're wrong. And it can be confessing our sins to God. It can be confessing our sins because we've done wrong to each other. It can be... um, Literally as small or big as admitting that you were wrong in an argument. We have to be able as believers to admit that we have flaws, to admit that we made mistakes, to admit that we have done things consciously and deliberately wrong. And to really hit home that point, I want to go to a place that we read in seminary. Ah, Shout out, shout out (laughs) Uh, to Adam and Eve. The story of Adam and Eve, and I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 3, starting at verse 8. Now, this is right after they have now eaten of the fruit. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord. So 
Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. That's just funny. God was like walking in the cool of the day. I'm sorry. Verse nine. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Hmm. He answered, Adam answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, God said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, watch this. The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruits from the tree and I ate it. Verse 13. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. May God bless hearing, reading, understanding his word in Jesus name. Amen. Father God, help people to understand what I'm trying to get at today. Um, let every ear that hears hear and let every eye that sees see in Jesus name. Amen. So what happened next after this passage, I must note that God then proceeds to, he cursed the serpent, then he proceeds to curse the woman and proceeds to curse the man. But the summary of what's happening here, as you can see, is that God asks them a question. What have you done? And the answer that they gave God was that Adam said it was Eve. Eve said it was a serpent. That's what it was. It, it, it was the fault of the woman that you gave me, God, or it was it was the fault of the serpent that had tricked me into doing this, God. And this is the part where I really want us to think. Right. And, and I really want us to see. <sighs> I really want us to see the grace of God here. We know that God knows everything. And we know that God, if God knows everything, then he knows that they ate of that fruit. If we know that God ate of that fruit, then why on earth is God asking, what have you done? You see, because what you have to realize is that God does never, God never asks a question in order to find out the answer because he already knows the answer. So look, this is not written explicitly in the Bible. At least I haven't read any place where it says this in the Bible. So I'm going to tell you that this is my opinion. This is Emmanuel, what Emmanuel thinks. All right. God knows that Adam and Eve ate of that fruit because he knows everything. And we know that God knows everything. But God asked them, what have you done? Why is God asking them, what have you done when he already knew what they did? Could it be, this is me talking. Could it be that God was simply giving them an opportunity to admit their own faults and take responsibility, full responsibility of their own actions? Could it, could it be? And could it be that if that happened, maybe there wouldn't be a curse on the man and there wouldn't be a curse on the woman? I don't know. Whatever. Maybe God would have played the Jesus card. I don't I don't know. I don't know. But why did he ask? Because notice something. He didn't ask the serpent. He asked the man. He asked the woman, what have you done? He didn't ask the serpent. He just went straight to the curse. It just I'm just thinking why did God ask Adam and Eve what they've done when he already knew 
what they did? Could it have been that God at that moment was showing grace and said, can you at least admit to me that this is what you've done, that it is your fault that you've done it because you were completely conscious in that and you disobeyed me? Could it have been that God just wanted him to admit it the same way? Because I want you to think about this the same way he wants you to admit it. He wants you to admit your fault. Because remember when you gave your life to Christ, do you remember that moment? When you said the sinner's prayer, what's the sinner's prayer? You confess that Jesus Christ is, God, is the son of God. You confess that, you know, he raised from the dead. But why is it called the sinner's prayer? Because ultimately you are admitting your need for Jesus Christ. You are admitting that you are a sinner. You are admitting that you've missed the mark. The people that don't admit that they missed the mark, the people that don't take responsibility for their actions. It just doesn't work for you. You're, you're in a state of rebellion. You're in a state of, of, of not, not accepting Jesus Christ into your heart. God still like, think about it. God is asking you what you have done, just like he was asking Adam and Eve what they have done. What have you done? He knows what you did, but he wants you just to admit it. Our relationship with God through Christ starts with us admitting our fault, admitting that we've missed the mark. You can't just simply blame it on a, B, and C, you can't even simply blame it on the fact that you were born into sin because you also know, because like, yes, those things play a factor. Yes, yes, they do. Yes, yes, you were born into sin. Yes, you you do things that are bad. You continue to do things that are bad, but you also recognize that you have done things consciously, deliberately, wrong. Even though the Holy Spirit told you to go left, you went right. Take responsibility. There's accountability and there's addressing certain things, certain factors, external factors at the same time because God punished the serpent. He recognized, he acknowledged the serpent. That's why he cursed the serpent. But he also recognized and acknowledged that Adam and Eve both consciously ate of that fruit, which means that God can acknowledge the external factors that play into your bad behavior. And he can also hold you accountable of the external factors that play into your, of you that have, that has committed this bad behavior. And I believe we should be the same where, yes, we understand that we have come from places that have taught us bad things, or we come from certain spaces that have that have contributed to our uh, our perception of reality and doing bad things, having this bad behavior. But then we also have to take accountability of our consciousness, of our free will, and the things we choose to do with this free will. It's both. There has to be a balance. Some of us don't want to admit that we do things wrong, believe it or not. And we'd rather blame it on this. We'd rather blame it on that. Blame it on the system. Blame it on the institution. Blame it on this. And although we might not explicitly claim that we don't have sin, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing implicitly. And I'm going to give you a verse that says 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 to 10. said, if we claim 
to be without sin. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. Make who out to be a liar? God to be a liar and his word is not in us. When we claim to have no sin, we, we don't miss. We don't we don't have we don't miss the mark. We we always on point. You are making you are making God out to be a liar. When you say that you that you never miss, that you don't have any sin. The Bible says you don't have the truth in you. And what is the truth? The truth is that you are a sinner and you are in need of Jesus Christ. Because if you never sin, if, if, if you got it like that, then you can't even acknowledge why you need Jesus Christ, can you? And no, this is not me trying to say, oh, you know, just sin as much as you can because Jesus died for it. You know, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm not even going to go there. But it's admitting that you need Jesus Christ, that you need to abide in him for the sake of the fruits of the spirit being manifested in your life. Love, joy, peace. Kindness, long suffering, self control. I'll memorize them all one day. <laughs> you know, there are reasons why some of us don't like to admit that we fall short. I think some of us don't like to admit that we fall short because if we acknowledge the ways we fall short, then we feel like crap. But let me tell you this real quick that God does not want you to admit that you're a sinner. For you to feel like crap. He literally wants you to admit that you're a sinner so you can understand the need for Jesus Christ. So you can be transformed by allowing him to come into your heart and you abide in him. You abide in, in the vine as the branches and you bear fruit in your life and he cleanses the unrighteousness away from you. Some of us don't like to admit that um, some of us don't like to admit that we that we uh, have faults because of our pride. I think this is a very big one. And we have our own sense of self-righteousness. We are more righteous than other people. Um, we, we will never admit that we're wrong. That's too that's too that's too humiliating. Oh, no, I'm not going to humble myself for this. No, no, no. They when they sin, it's bad. When I sin, it's it's because of my my background and where I came from. And and it's different. Or when they do this to me, it's different from when I do it to them because of whatever whatever explanation that I can come up with at the time. And we, we consider ourselves to be more righteous than other people. And we pride ourselves um, and that's why we never admit that our wrong, that we are wrong, because if we admit that we're wrong, then we're going to be just like the people that we're judging. Ooh. But pride is wrong for many reasons. And it says it throughout the entire scripture. But I think the reason why pride is so, so wrong. One of the big reasons is because the prideful man does not admit that he needs Jesus. The prideful man does not admit that he has that, that he has sinned. What is Jesus to the person that doesn't admit that they don't have sin? Luke chapter 18, verse 9. It says, to some who were confident, and this is talking about, uh, like Jesus was talking to some people. So it says, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. He said this to who? 
some that were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. That's really what I just explained. Verse 10, two men, this is Jesus telling the parable, two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, the Pharisee were the judgmental, hypocritical, religious scholars of the day. One was one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. By the way, I say Pharisee, but do understand that you don't have to be one of the religious, biblical, scholarly, whatever uh, people to be a Pharisee. There are Pharisees in the world as well. Um, so I just wouldn't say that and I'll continue. Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Oh my goodness. I fast twice a week, excuse me, and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, the tax collector, rather than the Pharisee, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, apparently it is the people who can admit that they are not worthy. It's the people that can admit that they have fallen short. It's the people that can admit that they have missed the mark that God justifies. Not the ones that act like they, they never sin and act like their evil, their evil behavior is, 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 it can be blamed on other people, not them. Not the ones that compare them their own righteousness to other people as well. No. He's looking for the person that's going to get on their knees and beat their chest and say, Father, have mercy on me because I've fallen short and I recognize it and I admit it. Ladies and gentlemen, admit it. Admit it. Admit when you're wrong. Admit when you make a mistake. Admit when you sin. Admit when you miss the mark. Admit when you do something shady. You be talking. But I mean, I hate all this talk. Oh, cut them friends loose. Oh, fake friends, fake friends. You're the fake friend. You've been the fake friend before. But you act like it's not fake when you do it. Or you act like, oh, the reason why I did that was because of uh, this, this, that. Bro, like, let me tell you, man. Like, come on. We can't all be the real friends. <laughs> like we can't all like everybody's talking about fake friends, this fake friend, this cut this person off. We can't all be the real friend. Some of y'all are the fake friends talking about fake friends, but let me let me not go there. At the end of the day, man, admit it because Jesus died for you and He is there to help you become better. Um, and you have, just have to admit it, man. Like you can't, man. I'm telling you, God resisted the proud. And he exalted the humble. Please, please, ladies and gentlemen, admit your fault. Admit your fault. Address the trauma. Address the root. Address all that different stuff, the, the experiences and so on. Address all that different stuff. Then also admit your wrong. Both of them. Um, yeah, I'm done. Father God, thank you so much for this word. Let your name be glorified, oh God. Um, thank you, Father. God. I ask that it really hits home for a lot of people, Father God, and they 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 have that balance internally. They have that balance, Father God, um, and that you um, help them, Father God, that they might admit their fault, admit when they're wrong to other people, to you, uh, of course, especially. Um, 
and to grow, Father God, and, and welcome um, the Holy Spirit into their life, Father God. Uh, abide in Christ, Father God, and let your fruits manifest in their lives, Father God. Um, and yeah, let your name be glorified in our lives, O oh God, and be with us in this uh, this week, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. Um, yeah, if you guys have any questions, because I always forget to say this, you can go to www.undassassociated.com slash askchurchboy, and you can submit topic suggestions. You can submit questions. Um, we still have our shirts as well on um, for sale um, on www.uarelics.com. And subscribe to our newsletter as well. The good, the good newsletter. Um, that link is also on our on our uh, homepage. So yeah, I forgot to say that stuff in the beginning. <laughs> but I love you guys. You guys have an amazing week. Peace.